One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Train travel in the UK is just a bunch of deeply unhappy people who have all spent this month's rent money on a single trip to Manchester. So as a result, they're all willing to throw their firstborn underneath a stampede of suitcases just so they can claim a table. The things British people will do for a table on a train. So can we all just agree in future just to sit down, shut the fuck up and stare out the window until it's your stop because you huffing and puffing that there isn't enough room for your 16 suitcases you decide to travel with isn't getting us anywhere quicker. Welcome back, witches. You know the score. I'm Scotty, and you've all been given my number. You've shared your gossip. The answer machine has been emptied, and I'm about to hear for the first time what goes on inside you lot's heads. And disclaimer, nobody says this was going to be a good use of your time, okay? (laughs) So there's that. This time on After the Tone, another wedding fiasco. Even more bird death and killing. We have to stop with this bird death malarkey. I tell you, this is slowly becoming a very weird podcast. It's like an amnesty for people who are not right in the head. I mean, I know they're not right in the head, but I didn't know they were this. There will be complaints. There will be fucking complaints. And there's a wardrobe malfunction with a moral message. Who knew? Uh, remember to get me your 10-second confessions. Annul your sins. Come on, get something off your chest. Share it with the room. As ever, that number to voice note is coming up a bit later. And remember to give us a follow on the gram. Go on, don't be horrible. Don't be a nasty bitch. At After the Tone, P-O-D. Speaking of nasty bitches, <laughs> Debbie. Debbie's back. Yeah, aren't you? Do you have a lovely time in Venice? you have a nice time in your little holiday while I was here working? Yes. Oh, you bought me a present because you feel bad. Lovely. What have you bought me? You've bought me... You've Okay, she's bought me a fucking Venetian blind. Why have you bought me a fucking Venetian... You've gone to Venice. Like, you could have bought me a beautiful mask. You bought me some glass, some lovely wine. and But you've decided to come back with a fucking blind. I don't know why I bother. Hiya, Scotty. It's Bronwyn here. Hello to everyone else as well. Talking about dead fucking birds. A few years ago, my mum and dad went on to Portugal in their camper van and we had to go around to check their house. And when we got there, there was bird shit all over the living room and a fucking bird had come down the chimney and died. (laughs) We had to get the dead bird out of the house 
and clean up all the bird shit. And then since then, they put newspaper in the chimney when they went away and then Brexit happened. So, and COVID and that was the end of that. So, yeah, thanks for um, making this a dead bird podcast. <laughs> Farewell. Why is this happening? Also, I've got so many questions. <laughs> That's the problem. That is the problem, isn't it? I'm the problem because I keep on asking questions about it. I want to know what Brexit has got to do with birds coming down. Oh, for God's sake. I don't. Do you know what? I mean, are your parents aware that they can still go abroad even though Brexit's happened? A. Two. Do the birds know Brexit's happened? Why am I getting down this? Also, fire hazard putting. I wouldn't advise anybody putting newspaper up a chimney, okay? Because, well, fucking common sense. I tell you what, if you're putting fucking newspaper up a fucking chimney, well, do you know what? You get what you deserve. Hi, Scotty. Produce Deb, produce Tim, the rest of the technicals. You've just been on to say that we've been a bit of a lazy little bunch and you want our stories. So my story is Pigeon Gate. Dun, dun, dun. So for Pigeon Gate for me, I have two cats and one dog. My cat, Maggie, is a bit of a beast. Uh, Thomas is a psychopath. My dog, Ella, is the love of my life. I'm not going to lie. I love her to bits. But Maggie is a bit of a hunter. And I came home from work and doing everything, blah de blah as you do. And then I'm going to bed and on the floor in the landing upstairs, I think it's one of Ella's balls. So I go to kick it and it makes a noise. And it's at this point in time, I put the light on. It's a baby pigeon. I didn't know what to do. So I thought what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it in a plastic bag, tie it up. And then it would use the oxygen in the bag and it would then go to sleep naturally and then die through lack of oxygen. And I left it on top of the bin to check and I went back. Still alive. Two hours. Two hours this fucking bird did not die. So then I had to put it in another bag and tied that up. Thankfully, it did the job. But the worst thing is, I don't feel guilty about it. You know, I don't know why I don't feel guilty. I mean, the little fucker should have died straight away, but it didn't. It didn't go into a peaceful sleep and it didn't go towards the light. No, it fought, but it wasn't going to survive. I mean, my cat had done a number on it. I don't know what more to say. So... It's goodbye from me, Janet, my beautiful cockapoo Ella, and my two cats, Maggie, the destroyer, and Thomas, the psychopath. Bye! <laughs> okay, let's first start off. I'll tell you what, D- Tim, write down these fucking people's names because we are going to have to give a fucking list to the authorities because these people aren't fucking right in the head. And I'll tell you why they're not right in the head because they're giving cats humans' names. <laughs> Tell you what, what terrible name for a fucking cat. Thomas and Maggie. Okay, well, I can think of fucking a few Maggies that I don't want to be reminded of. Do you know what I mean? But Maggie and Thomas and Ella. 
they had names of people. Do you know, I think cats should be given ridiculous names. I, I do, because when you call them in, you know, you want to give humour to other people. So, me and the NHS one, he's about to move into a new gaff. And, of course, you know, we're like talking about cats because we're that sort of homosexualers. So, she goes, OK, what we're going to call them. So, I said, well, we should name them after our favourite foods. <laughs> So, we've decided that our cats are going to be called lasagna and potato. (laughs) I think that's a beautiful name for a pair of cats, don't you? Lasagna and potato. Better than fucking Thomas and Maggie. What are they? Fuck, they sound like politicians. They sound like trains. (laughs) So, anyway. The the, the sort of pertinent question that I want to ask of everybody who's calling in with a, a murder story, that this has become a fucking true crime pigeon podcast... Is, did none of you do fucking science or biology? I mean, it's a very Catholic approach you're all having that you think, oh, I'll put it in a bag for life. The irony, the absolute irony, putting it in a bag for life, that you think it will slowly leave this earth into a deep slumber. No, you're fucking suffocating a bird, FYI. Just putting that out there for you. You're suffocating a bird. I, I, I mean, I don't know why I'm fucking entertaining. I don't, I also... After nine seasons, I don't know why I'm fucking surprised. Hey, Scotty, it's Johnny. How are you? I hope you're well and looking forward to Christmas. I thought I'd call in with a story about my trip to Centre Parks. It was a few years ago. I was carrying maybe an extra stone or two in weight. And uh, we went away with our friends and their kids. We were having a great trip. I had been down the lazy river with the kids and we'd had great fun. And then I said I'd go down on the flume. Now, as I say, I was carrying a little bit of extra weight. And I went down uh, the first bit of the flume, which was the steepest. And then as it flattened off, I got a little bit stuck, Scotty, and I felt the water coming up behind me a bit. And I felt a bit embarrassed because I thought, oh, my God, a kid is going to come and I'm right in the way. And someone told me a little uh, bell went off in my brain that if you put your weight on your heels and on your elbows, that you go down the slide a lot quicker. So I did this. And of course, there's now there's very little friction. And so I got moving, which is great. I thought, oh, no one's going to, you know, bump into me. But I kept going faster and faster, Scotty. And when I got down towards the end, I was really out of control. I was really plummeting down this flipping thing. And when I got to the last corner before you exit, um, I was going so fast that I actually went around the corner um, and turned Uh, I turned upside down. So I came out of the end of the flume, not on the bottom where the water is, but at the top. And I came out so fast into the water (laughs) that I had a wardrobe malfunction and my my shorts split. And as I got up out of the water, kids were screaming. Now, what I need to tell you is that um, nothing was too exposed because of the netting in the shorts. And my takeaway was that sometimes maybe we all need to be a little bit like that netting for each other over the next few weeks. And maybe if we're feeling a bit vulnerable on the run up to Christmas, because, um, you know, there's a lot of strains on us. We don't want to go too fast at things and we need to look out for each other and just keep it all together, really. Sending love to you all and speak to you soon. Bye.
John Hazelwood to have you back. <laughs> no, I didn't see that taking the turn that it did, but I'm I'm glad that it did. Listen, Centre Parks. Now, I'm not casting you with this stone aspersions. Uh, uh, what am I doing? I'm not painting you with this. Well, I'm not making this assumption of you. Come on. I can't. Why is it? Well, I can, I can never get an, 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 an allegory, an analogy. Uh, anyway. It's a bit Tory, isn't it? It's it, it just gives me soft Tory vibes, the centre parks. That's why I've always thought, I don't know if that one's for me. It's an expensive thought park, really. Do you know what I mean? And I'd prefer, well, actually, with Legionnaire's disease in the water, maybe you've got something right there to go to centre parks. Yeah, all right. Okay, maybe I've turned around. Anyway, I didn't see <laughs> I didn't see this story having a moral message and, and what a beautiful one it does have. Um, so let's just, let's just acknowledge that. I'm glad. Do you know what? I want to know what documentaries that you've been watching that made you think, well, uh, something's gone off in my head to put myself on my elbows and my heels. I wouldn't have thought about that. You've obviously watched more survival programmes than I have. Listen, you mentioned their Christmas plans and looking after each other in Christmas. Well, this year, for the first time, I'm going to sort of do a bit of a family thing. Not for the first time. First time in seven years. Going to do a bit of a family thing. We're just going away to a cottage. And it's the first time my family have sort of come on board and they've said, yeah, we're not going to do presents as well. Because I've sort of not done Christmas in the way that I think most people in the UK would do Christmas for a very long time. For lots of reasons that I've spoke about in the past. So you could just rewind and listen to those. Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to it, sort of low key. But it's I can see the um fear that a lot of my friends have speaking to one friend in particular who was just like i am so bored of my family asking me what i'm doing i think covid lockdowns all that sort of time sort of maybe demonstrated to each other what christmas is like without each other <laughs> do you know what i mean um and i'm sort of wondering how other people are sort of feeling about this time because of course here at att we have the chosen family we have the family that we buy into in the pub we have the lurkers that on look as well do you know what i mean there are people don't have that sort of traditional sense of what people think family is when they think of a center parks advert see how i brought it back there johnny you're welcome um and so i'm wondering how the rest of the room is thinking about this i might give my mum a call actually and see how my mum is feeling about christmas yeah let's do that right my mum's at work so i'm gonna send her a cheeky voice note hi mum it's me scotty i don't know why i needed to say my name you you clearly know who i am and who this is listen mum Someone's just called up asking about Christmas and I know you love a bit of Christmas and I was just wondering because I was telling them all about what we're planning on doing like me and you are going to go away and we're not going to do the presents. I'm just wondering how you're feeling about Christmas and what Christmas means to you and um, are you excited and yeah that sort of thing. All right mum um, give us a voice note back when you can please thank you very much goodbye love you bye. What does Christmas mean to me? Um, I absolutely love Christmas. I love the rush up to it. I love the shops changing. I love the music. I'm really naff, but I just absolutely love it. I think because Christmas was the time that I got you and dad before your lovely brother come along because we were living elsewhere. Um, I got you and dad to myself. You know, we were cocooned in our Christmas bubble um, and used to help me with the decorations and make it look so much better than my tinsel that you constantly rearranged for me and made it just look so good. 
the dinner, the being together, the laughter that was at that time because Dad wasn't at work and he always loves, as you know, that bit just straight after Christmas and all the run-up towards the new year. That's your dad's favourite part of it and that's watching old movies with him, eating lots of chocolate, eating all this luxurious food that we never had throughout the year that we couldn't get hold of, actually. When I think about all those years ago, you didn't get turkey sort of like we can get it now any time of the year. It was just a great time. I am so excited about this one because we are spending the time together and we're not doing the Christmas um, presents because we're not putting pressure on ourselves, which is really great. I don't think you're going to miss the Calvin Klein box of shorts. Well, not you, your brother. I think he'll think more about us being together. Um, and enjoying it but I absolutely love it and I don't understand when people say you know it's not for me you know it's lost all it's you know it's all just about money and all of that yeah that's for a lot but you can make it such an amazing time for yourself and your family and I have to do that because you uh, are living further away from me and Christmas will be so lovely because I've got to spend time with you and I love the idea that me and you go off and we have our conversations and then dad will go off with James and then Daniel will go off with James and then um, you know I'll go off and we'll have conversations together we'll go on long walks together and it'll be our time together but for me it is just the greatest time of year I absolutely love it so enjoy and I'm so looking forward to seeing you I forgot to say that we were laughing this morning, me and Dad, because I was talking about um, sending this to you. But it was about when you we used to have your aunt and uncle over and your cousins for dinner. Can you remember the kitchen where we lived? I got nine people in that kitchen, <laughs> which I really can't believe now. But it was just great. It was really, it was, well, I, I thought it was great anyway. But um, also the funniest thing was that I would do the knife and fork either side of the plate and you would come behind me and put them together and put them on, you know, with a napkin. And I should have realised then I was talking about it today, how you loved the whole celebration and that whole dressing the room and getting the right ambience for it all. So absolutely hysterical. So, yeah, you make, you and your brother and your dad make Christmas for me because I love you all so much. Cheers. Bye. Hiya Scotty and team and everyone in the pub. Hope you are all well. I just listened there to last week's episode and the girl's husband at the wedding with the slip of the tongue at the speech. Just, that was gas. Just reminded me of something that happened at our wedding. We uh, we had a humanist ceremony because, as you say, we're recovering Catholics. And there's all these different, like, kind of symbolic ritual things you can do or whatever so I was at one before and I thought it was very sweet they get the two wedding bands and they tie them together and they send them around to everybody and they do like everybody makes a wish for the couple or whatever I thought it was sweet so we decided to do that that was grand so she's like okay we'll do a ring blessing that's fine that's grand on the day up the top doing our thing and next minute Roman goes and now for the ring warming well, I looked at him and went, what the fuck is the ring warming? Next minute, all you can hear is fucking seats creaking and fucking people shaking and people coughing, trying to hide their laughter. And I was like, oh, Christ. And it was like just a fucking ripple effect. And by the end of it, anyway, everybody was pissing themselves laughing. So that was grand. And then for the rest of the day, 
people were like, is your, ri- is your ring warm enough now? Is it, is it warm enough? I gave it a good warm there, but is it warm enough? I'm like, this is my fucking wedding day. <laughs> but anyway, we can laugh about it now. Oh, hi, gorgeous. Thank you so much. I was giggling the whole way through that. <laughs> Listen, this is what I think good weddings are. I think they are about people just having a good laugh and being able to, like, you know, the the sort of ridiculousness when things go wrong at weddings or supposedly wrong at weddings. I think there can be so much put on these sort of ceremonies in our life that, um, that means that we, oh, God, we have to make them perfect and they have to be idyllic. And I think fuck that actually me and him indoors when we got married it like it took a really long time for me to persuade him like we should do this in our own way because he'd been to a lot of his friends weddings and he thought right well we've it should be in this way we have to do it in this way you know everyone gets this that and the other and I was like fuck that sit down having a meal I want like trays of burgers going around with chips and bits of ketchup. You know, I want our mate who we love to make us some chocolates. I want to do a comedy roast. So instead of doing speeches, we had like a comedy roast on stage where our friends just ripped the shit out of us. We had, you know, as you say, you know, fellow recovering Catholic. We had the speeches from our family, which were we wanted to be meaningful in our ceremony. You know, we wanted them to be able to say something that was heard and not when everybody was fucking two sheets to the wind and locked. Do you know what I mean? So I really think <laughs> your ring warming, lucky you, <laughs> was is the way to go forward. It's, it's those are the things that stick with you. Do you know what I mean? Because people spend fucking thousands of pounds on this absolute shite. Do you know what I mean? Just like stuff which they think feels really important to them leading up to it. But I tell you what, nobody is thinking about the colour of your confetti two, five, ten, twenty years afterwards, they're thinking about how warm your ring was. (laughs) Thanks for calling in. (laughs) Sit yourself back down, please, because still to come, we've got anal fishers, accents, and a Sunday morning call from Venice. Oh, that sounds lovely. Uh, Have you got a short, sharp confession, something that you want to say, but you don't want to go into the ins and outs of? Why not send us a 10-second confession? Send me your voice note using WhatsApp to this number. Zero... Seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. And you can use that number to respond to anything that you want to pick up on. It doesn't have to be from this season. And do you know what? I meet so many of you in real life or in the DMs, and you're all saying that you're trying to pluck up the courage or you feel a bit nervous. Listen, time is running out, okay? That's life. <laughs> it will always be a bit nerve-wracking, okay? But you are in safe hands with me, so come on, do it. Let next week be your week. Um, this week over on Patreon, Jojo has plans for Christmas that could include the Canary Islands and Madrid. That sounds a bit fancy, doesn't it? How about you? Have you got your Christmas plans sorted yet? I know we sort of touched on that a bit, but I'd really explicitly love to know if you're having like a big family needs up or just like a bit of a shite telly Baileys and Quality Street watch along, or are you going to be hiding under the covers and waiting for it to all be over? Whatever you're thinking, join the Patreon crew and get involved in on that chat. I really, really would love to see more of you over there on the Patreon. I know we're living in uncertain times, but from the thousands of you that listen to this each week, uh, about less than zero point. 0.5% of you are helping to keep the show on the road, okay? So if you can, please do. Without your support, we can't keep pulling pints in the pub. Um, and just before we go back indoors, please do hit that subscribe button because it really does help us with the big podcast
podcast overlords because like small independent podcasts like us I think us lot rarely get the space that I think we all deserve because we're making some really gorgeous things for people so that like that follow that review it really is a massive help so lovely Debbie it's back over to you hello after the tomb crew hello to Scotty to Deb Tim Meyer and Kat hope you're all doing really well Uh, it's a spooky scouser here I just wanted to tell you something quite funny, to be honest. It doesn't start funny, but it is after. So, yesterday I had some minor day surgery. I had to be put under general anaesthetic. So, I was scared because I've never done that before. So, I was like, had to wait for like three hours until they actually got me through to the surgery after admission because that's just how it works, apparently. I spent all this time with my boyfriend sitting in the room with me and I'm like literally nearly having a panic attack. About three times I nearly had a panic attack. And then when I was walking down to the theatre I had I nearly had a panic attack. Um yeah, it's it's lucky that the the drugs kinda knocked me out a lot sooner than I thought they would when they had the cannula put in and all that. But after the surgery I woke up laughing. <laughs> Um, and I'm totally fine now, really. I've been pottering around the house quite a bit and all that. It's only been a minor surgery. It's quite a embarrassing one, but, you know, this is after the tone. It was for fixing an anal fissure with Botox. So it's not exactly anything major. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't believe I woke up laughing and I was making such a fuss beforehand and I feel fine now. But the good thing is I'm no longer scared of going under general anaesthetic, so there you go. Spooky Scouts, are you back? And suppose... Oh, no, you've just had your season. Is it still spooky season? I don't know. I don't fucking care, to be fair with you, with all that Halloween malarkey. I mean, come on. It's just a fact. I don't understand this obsession with pumpkins, lattes, spices, cutting them up, taking all... I mean, no, thank you. It's more effort than it's worth. Do you know what I mean? If it was a scallion, maybe I'd be interested. (laughs) I don't know why that's relevant, but we'll just go with it. Anyway... Do you know what? I always worry going through a general anaesthetic. I say that like I do it every week. <laughs> I think I've done it twice in my life. I think the time where I broke my arm and fell off the stage and cut my head open, so they had to, like, literally... I'll spare you the details, but it was so graphic that they were like, we are going to have to knock you out. The most annoying thing was the anaesthetist was a real bit of beauty, and I think vague recollections of me flirting... <laughs> Just being like, well, um, yeah, use text. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Now, the case in point in hand, or not in your hand, in your backside, <laughs> Botox in your bumhole. Well, I tell you what, I would have led with this because, now, okay, two things. Why are they putting you under general anaesthetic for Botox? Could they not just put a bit of numbing cream on your arsehole? <laughs> The things this podcast makes me say. Now, the reason why I ask that is because I have a bit of the Botox in the face. Why? Because I fucking want to. That's why. Do you know what? When I first got it done, <laughs> my mum took umbrage at it, right? Not because she thought I looked terrible. She was just, she was like, oh no, it looks quite good. 
so you saying I look old? And I was like, sorry, how, why would this be about you looking old? She's like, why are you saying I look old? Because if you're having it, you're saying that I should have it. I was like, no, 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 mum. Let's, let's not turn this into about you. This is about me and my Botox face. Um, and actually, it's not that horrible. You know, it's just a sharp prick and we've all had a few of those. Um, so I don't know why they're putting you under for it. I mean, how much are you having? I've got so many questions. If you're a Botox person, like, if you're an, an, an not an, an, an anesthetist, what an, an, an aesthetics, aesthetics person, you know, like basically you run a salon and you can, know, I can go in there and you say, oh, I've got some in the fridge. Let me knock it in your forehead. You know, one of those sort of places. Have you ever done anyone's bum hole? <laughs> Has anybody else had Botox? Like, because I know you can have it in really quite unusual places. You can have it in your feet. People have it under their arms and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'd quite like to know about other unusual surgeries. Anyway, I hope your fissure is healed. <laughs> Again, this podcast, I love it. Spooky Scouser, thank you for revealing all. Because, you know, I, like I said, it, it can be quite nerve-wracking revealing. But I'll tell you what, listen, we're all humans. We all wipe our own ass. Well, some of us don't. Some people are supported in that fact. Do you know what I mean? But it's a, it's a fact of life that happens, okay? Well, actually, there's, I mean, we're getting down a rabbit hole here where we talk about people who've got stomas and everything but you know what I mean you know what I'm trying to get at anyway all right Debbie cut me off because I'm talking a load of bollocks hiya Scotty Debs Tim the rest of the gang the ATT crew <clears throat> it's Nat here apparently you're short on calls fine whatever I'll, I'll give you some gossip I'll let you know something uh updating from me I, I kept my fucking job so that's good so I've just been getting back in the game as it were Went to the shop this morning, however, not happy because I felt like I couldn't leave the house because classic, you know, anxiety being the way it is sometimes because I had workmen, uh, roofers, fucking roofers. They're like the most blokiest of all the blokes, aren't they? With their fucking radio and their ladders and fucking chucking roofing tiles to each other and I'm sitting there going, please don't fucking break my brand new patio doors. Please don't fucking break them because that's costing me. Like, everything's fucking costing me at the moment. Oh, and also, in terms of queerbaiting, 100%. I feel like I'm constantly having to validate my uh, sexuality at the moment and being like, why is the... I know why the algorithm's doing it, and it really annoys me, because marketing and all of it, it all annoys me, and especially in the fucking run-up to Christmas, it all fucking annoys me. Can you tell? Also, my sister moved to Australia. That was a fucking month ago, so that's been pretty intense. Anyway, I love you lot. Uh, I'll just go back to sitting in the corner of the pub. Haven't missed a fucking episode, by the way. Yeah, haven't never missed missed one. Anyway, I love you guys, and I uh, hope you're all well. Take it easy. Bye. Hi, Nat here. Listen, if you're fishing, if you're anal fishering for a badge, you're not going to fucking get one. I listen to every fucking episode. What do I get? Fuck all. I get a Venetian fucking blind from this one in the corner. Don't look at her. Nobody look at her. Don't give her the fucking attention. Okay, because Debbie, Debbie, stop it. Stop. Nat, lovely to have you. Listen, my dad's a roofer. When you said patio doors, I thought, what an excellent name for an Irish drag queen. <laughs> but 
that patio doors. I'll leave that with you. Now, the thing on the queer baiting thing, which we brought up last week, I'm glad you have picked that up. And it's, yes, it can be a bit annoying. But I guess what I'm saying is I don't particularly know how to feel about it. Because, you know, like we ended last season with my mum on the season finale with the No Labels episode, um, we were very much in that space of fluidity. And surely, with that in our mind, folk like Harry Stylish... I mean, it's mainly Harry Stylish, um, are able to be as fluid with their gender and sexual presentations, etc., as we need. But, 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 there's a real but there, isn't it? And it's weird because it's like, it's like I don't believe it. And then part, the other part of my brain is like, well, why should anyone have to justify it to you, Scotty? And I'm like, because. So I'm, like, I'm having a real, like, back and forth in my brain about this whole thing, about is Harry queer? Can he identify as queer? And do you know what? We've spoken about that in here as well. And of course, like, I'm like, open house, everybody, you know, etc., etc. But there's just something about it which just makes me feel like it's just being done to earn money. <sighs> and also, maybe there's something in here about, I wonder if Harry, young blood that sort of ilk, etc., are acknowledging their privilege within queerness. So if they're saying they, they hold queerness, I wonder if they acknowledge the privilege that they have within for it to be able to be something that's lifted off of them or something that doesn't mean that they experience violence in the same way or the aggressions from other members of the community, etc. Do you know what I mean? If anyone can help me out with this, because I'm worried that I'm, like, turning into somebody I don't want to turn into. Um, But, of course, with all of the caveats that I've just sort of put out there, being like, "Mm, I think this, but I also think this. But maybe, maybe that's enough. But maybe folk like this are sent to test us, to test the parameters of the parameters that we're trying to put on something that's parameterless. Hmm. Hey, Scotty and all the crew. I was working with a five-year-old the other day and um, someone asked him, when's your birthday? And he said, when you turn six. (laughs) So cute and clever. It was the same day that I was listening to the episode with Wee Minge about the finger, the thumb, making you turn five. Clevs. Also, another after-the-tone coinky-dink. I called in, well, two, a while ago. It's the end of the last season, the, before the last season, with, like, probably the best fish celebrity puns going. I thought, you know, this is my anonymous public space. I can say what I want about fish. And then I went back to work, and, um, like, a week later or something, and... The other queer person, well, another queer person that works there was like, oh, do you want to hear some celebrity fish puns? And I was like, what? Shit, I've been rumbled. I thought no one knew. But it was actually just total coincidence. So I was like, maybe the collective queer consciousness is very small, but maybe not. Also, I feel like I have to come clean that you said that you think I'm from a, uh, an estate in North London, but I'm actually not. I'm actually middle class and I'm actually not from London. 
yeah, it's been weighing on my mind, Scotty. I feel like I've lied to you because my accent is definitely sponging. <laughs> I don't know. See sponging off other of other people that I know, I guess. Accents are a funny one. I've had three different accents, I think, in my life. I used to be a northerner. A northern you. Anyway, left enough about me. Let's hear about other people. And most importantly, you, glorious you. Thanks, Scotty. You the best. Hi, Gorge. How are you? Listen, you're a liar. You're a fraud. Get out. <laughs> Listen, no. Do you know what? Accents oh, is something that I think and feel and talk about quite a lot, quite literally, because, well, depending on who I'm talking to, I could go very plastic paddy. Also, how many pints I've had as well. And, I mean, the same can go for my mum. I didn't know it was a thing until him and Dawes came round ours and you've heard what my mum sounds like well you've heard what my mum sounds like to you like she puts on a bit of a like radio voice do you know what I mean because she, she's that way in class I mean we've got notions that's that's what it is to be working class it's like to, to be a working class snob do you know what I mean are you even working class if you're not a snob is the question for the room but if my mum picks up the phone and she's talking to people back home or my nan or my granddad or whatever wait hello how are you <laughs> I just thought that was really normal growing up as a kid because I guess most of the people that I grew up with were like London Irish kids as well or like kids whose parents were from Caribbean, West Indies and so like people had like an indoor voice and an outdoor voice. That was quite a normal thing. Um, And I also have like a very different accent when I'm on the radio because otherwise people wouldn't understand what I was on about. (laughs) The first few dates that me and the NHS one had genuinely, I was like, do I need subtitles? Because he had never really come into contact with Southerners in that way. And he was just like, uh, I've got no idea what you've just said. So your own accent to yourself feels neutral, doesn't it? I don't think that I sound like I've got a particularly strong accent until I listen back to this and it sounds like, hello, mate, hey, fuck, can't you? <laughs> you just don't think you have like a strong way of saying things. So sometimes though, I do notice, I think in my vernacular, in the, in the words that I use, because I use I guess like Irish parlance people will say to me things like what did you just say (laughs) and also when I get an Irish caller here I I do have to like really retain like just be your be the version of Scotty that people are used to hearing here because I do want to like slip into I guess how I spoke with my grandparents you know and some of that is like I think like a lot of Irish diasporic people get like a bad rap for that because it's like you're putting something on but actually for our parents and our grandparents etc that was the way of speaking at home and it was a way of being understood as well by them so in the way that I can soften my accent to northerners and to posh people I also have to soften my accent to family members as well so it works both ways Anyway, I'm really interested in this idea about accents and softening them and how we might change them. Don't worry, you're not rumbled. You're just a person who's empathetic. Apparently, we change our accents, ones which are not our sort of home accents. We we change our syntax, uh, the way that we speak, um, according.
according to our us trying to have empathy with the people that we're talking to. So quite often the English are really bad at this. Like, and you know, there's some really extreme examples. But sometimes when you hear English people abroad, they'll start talking a bit slower because <laughs> they think they're helping the other person. Anyway, um, if any of this accent conversation has stirred something, please do get in touch because I'm very interested in the way that we talk and how we talk. Um, often, because people will always say to me as well, are you Northern? Which <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm fucking not Northern. But I have lived in with him indoors for like about 17 years. So, you know, a bit of that scout is going to rub off, unfortunately. Oh, no, it's a lovely accent. Anyway, by the by, I'm glad that we're still talking about fish puns. Have I got a fish pun off the top of my head? Oh, God, I've got to think of one now. Shirley C. Bassey. Have we had that one? Can't remember. I want to do a niche one. Crabsy Nesbitt. <laughs> That's a really that's a really niche reference for only people over the age of 35. Hello, Scotty, it's Jen. And for listeners, I am the partner of Deb the Producer, who really does exist. And we are lucky enough to be in Venice. Scotty, I think you love Venice. And I'm going to send you some sounds from Venice, including these bells. Isn't that lovely? Oh, I feel like I'm there. I've got an Aperol Spritz, which is three euros in me hand. I'm full of focaccia pizza. And some tourists are getting on my tits because they're all in the way on Rialto Bridge. Listen, I think that sounds like a beautiful moment that we can stop it there. That's your lot. We have done a few fair conversations. We've been talking about queer baiting, Botox... Brexit birds. Um, we've also talked about the moral, the morals of going to centre parks, and they're having, <laughs> luckily, to having a bit of netting in your undercarriage uh, to save you Irish weddings and doing them in the way that you want to. Uh, listen, if any of that has stirred you, you know what to do. The number is in the description box at After the Tone Pod on the social medias, please. And we'll be back before you know it. Um, so from me, the ATT team, and my mum. I'll leave you with the beautiful sounds of Venice. See you soon. thinking it's going to be over and it's not over. I want to give some credits to other acoustic sounds which have included the opening of the local gondola repair shop, 
um, the whispering of a wisteria, slightly fading wisteria tree on the balcony that I'm standing on. I know, also very lucky. Maybe you heard some seagulls who are flying around. You heard some drilling, perhaps, in the distance. Maybe some wind. There's a meteorological warning for wind today in Venice. Have a lovely day, Scotty, and get ye to church. After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 